Well, thank you, Pastor Lloyd. Appreciate you. And, um, and uh, just with that tent, it wasn't just simply a tent. It was actually a marquee we had hired for about three grand. And, uh, and we're, we're suspecting it was the company itself that stole it because no one heard a thing. Okay, so, so that was for our church anniversary. So that was uh, Pastor Lloyd's uh, first experience with us. And I just figured it could just get better from there. Okay, so, uh, but I appreciate that you came out on a Sunday night. Uh, especially knowing that, that a New South Welshman was going to preach this evening, all right, being Origin Week, I do appreciate that. That's just your grace upon me, okay? So, uh, but it, uh, as I was coming into, uh, into Queensland this, this weekend, uh, God was just reminding me about, about the fact that God has just really used my times here. And I just want to say thank you to, to you, church, for the many times you've been a blessing to me and my, my folks when we've come up for a leadership conference, and, and I'm talking about prior to, to me being the pastor of the church, when, when I was an associate, when I was starting out in ministry, so many life-changing messages that, that came because of that, the leadership conference and, and my attendance here, and just the Word of God being used, because you were willing to sacrifice. And so I appreciate that. I've, I've never really gotten the opportunity to say thank you. Uh, to you all about that, and so I want to take that um, opportunity. But then also, just God was reminding me that that it was it was in Queensland that God called me to preach, and uh, many years ago. And so whenever I come here, I do I do actually have a special um, affinity to Queensland. Don't tell my other fellow New South Welshmen, okay? Um, there's a couple of you. Let's just blank that out. All right, this evening. But, um, but it's, it's just uh, great to be here tonight and appreciate this church, appreciate your faithfulness over the years, uh, as well as your partnership in, uh, in missions. Uh, you do support uh, our missionaries, and, and it was just a blessing for me early in the year when, when we came through, when I brought uh, our young man uh, that we're going to be sending out, Brother Soren, into Sri Lanka, that you just gave him the time, and, and, the, and you gave him the opportunity to, to present his burden, the vision, and then also then willing to support him. And so I was so glad for that. And, um, I, you know, as a, as, a, as a young man growing up, um, I, was, I was always the, the kind of uh, young man who was just so affected by, by Missions Conference. And it's so, so great to see uh, this church continue to, to just emphasize missions, emphasize the, the need for the gospel to be spread out all over the world, and, and what I'm especially thankful for is this, that this church not only supports missions worldwide, but has a heart to, to really see Australia and the, the regions around, um, you know, the outback and, and all of that as part of that. And sometimes there's an imbalance about missions like, like you know, the, the home station isn't important. But you understand that, that as, uh, as a local church, we need local churches to be strong to be able to support the work of the gospel elsewhere. And, and we need this church uh, to continue on um, and, and have a fire and have a passion and have a heart uh, for the work of the gospel in all of the other places all around the world. And uh, it's, it's been a, a joy to see that and partner with you in that. Of course, we support uh, the Shemishes and, and have, have been for a long time. And I've been able to go over there and, and spend some time with them. And uh, it's just a joy to, to, uh, to be part of all of that. And, uh, you know, I just uh, realized a lot more of my family is moving to Queensland. So I don't know if you can call that revival. I don't know. Just, you, you probably take it that way. Uh, I, 
I'll, I'll, anyway, uh, Ruth chapter 4 this evening, and uh, we're going to look at Ruth chapter 4, and I just want to encourage you um, tonight, church, about, about you. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, as, a, as we think about missions, I'm very much of the mind that missions really is an extension of, of what a local church is. Um, how you are will be very much how you support missionaries, how you send missionaries out. And, and so it's important to, to just maybe think about that. And, and uh, being a pastor myself, uh, you know, I'm really a homebody. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't particularly like traveling. I travel. Uh, I think I learn much when I travel. Um, but I'm, I'm a homebody, and I, I love my church. And I was thinking about them tonight and thinking about, um, about the, the service there. We started at the same time, and, uh, and I was uh, sort of messaging all of my men and, and telling them I was praying for them, and really was. Uh, but I understand that, that, that we, need to, we need to have strong local churches and pastors who have a, have a heart for their, their crowd, their congregation, their church family. But then also, by extension, then, really the work of the gospel beyond where we're at. Uh, but it starts here. And, and I think it's great that you've, you've, uh, you, you've had an emphasis on missions, but let's just bring it back. It starts here and, and how we are, how this church is. And I think there's a picture there that, uh, that we're going to see in, in the book of Ruth, uh, Ruth chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 13 right down uh, to, to verse 17. And then I'll also get you to, to just look at another verse in James chapter 1, and verse 27. But let's read, uh, let's read Ruth first. That's going to be our, our text passage this evening. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said to, to, unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age, for thy daughter-in-law. And notice this with me, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Um, the, the purpose of the book of, of, of Ruth really is to just uh, to, to show us the, the history behind uh, David's lineage. It, it really is to, to add to the, uh, to the narrative of, of who David, uh, where David came from, and it, it reinforced who he was. But, but uh, as, as we consider the, the story of, of, uh, of Ruth, uh, we, can't be, um, we can't miss uh, some of the types and, and pictures given there um, in the book of Ruth. It's a, it's a, a tremendous story. It's really a story of, of restoration. You understand that at the beginning of the story, uh, Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, they were pretty much destitute. They had nothing. Uh, through, through a tragic loss of, of, uh, of Elimelech, Naomi's husband, 
uh, in a foreign land where they had, uh, their, their sons had met these two. One was Naomi, a daughter, daughter-in-law, who, who then lost her husband and all of that. Um, they, were now in a, they were in a place where they were just poor, destitute, and no hope except to go back to Israel. Go back to Naomi's uh, hometown. And that's really where the, where the story starts. We, we understand then that, that through the circumstances that God, uh, that God ordained, um, Ruth met this man, Boaz, who was a kinsman to Naomi. And because of that connection, God knowing that, they were able to be lifted out of their desperate situation. They were able to be lifted out uh, from, from this, this hopeless situation that they found themselves in. And now we're at really at the end of the story. And, and, and things had started to become restored. Uh, because of that, that marriage between Ruth and Boaz, a child was born. And, and some restoration was made then by extension to the mother-in-law, Naomi. Where, where there, was, there was death and where there was uh, no future, God then provided a future for Naomi. Once, one who was, who was bitter and, and, and bitter really at God and, and, and bitter at life's circumstances, God had found a way and made a way to restore joy and in fact even, even a posterity to Naomi. Now she was holding this precious grandchild, where she probably at one point in her life, just earlier on, had no hope of holding. And now it's a really it's a story of restoration, but it really is hinged upon one lady's devotion to God. It was really Ruth's devotion that set the course for all of these things that was to take place. And really this reminded me of James 1.27. Where the Bible says this, James 1.27, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And I think in, in, in all of that, as God was viewing the, the situation that they found themselves in, as God was viewing Ruth and her loyalty and her devotion, and in the surface, on the surface, we see it as a devotion to Naomi, her mother-in-law. But but we're going to read the verses here. It really was also, by extension, and and deeper than that, a devotion to Naomi's God. And and because of that, I think God viewing all of that, His heart for the widow and the destitute. And the needy kicked in, and he blessed Ruth, but really he was blessing Naomi. Really he was going to use Ruth to be a channel, to be a vessel, to be a way to restore this widow who had no hope, who was broken, in fact who had become bitter. And yet God never forgot about her. God never just, just set her aside. In, in fact, God, in His heart for those who are most needy, made a way uh, for her to be blessed. Uh, I referred earlier uh, to, to the fact that, that Ruth 
had a deeper devotion. It wasn't just a devotion to Naomi, her mother-in-law. You understand, Naomi tried to convince her to just stay. Don't follow me. You have no hope with me. But, but Ruth had a deeper devotion, a commitment. And we see that in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And it says that Ruth said, after, after Naomi was trying to convince her not to, uh, not, to, not to follow after her, and Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And notice this, and thy God, my God. That's very important. Uh, in all of that, even though uh, this family who were uh, a Jewish family had gone, uh, the, gone to a foreign land, they had somehow kept some of the faith and, and perhaps even had told stories about uh, the, the historicity and all of that. And, and through that, Ruth must have known about Jehovah God. Through that, somehow she must have been captured by this God who was benevolent, who was a miracle worker, who was mighty. And from that, she, she developed a devotion, a commitment, um, a loyalty, and this deep commitment, not just to Naomi, but to God. She says, where, where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried, the Lord do so to me. And more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Boy, don't we want people like that around us? Who, who just have a, such a loyalty, such a devotion, but it really was underpinned by her devotion to God. And here we see then, at the, as we pick up the story in chapter 14, the, the blessing flowing to a once bitter woman, Naomi. Uh, remember when she returned into Bethlehem, Judah, that, that those that knew her uh, were saying, hey, Naomi, is that you? And, and must have been the hardships of being away and going through that famine and going through that tragedy must have taken its toll because they had to question, is it you? And, and at that point, she, she said this. She said, call me no longer Naomi. Call me Mara, for I'm bitter. And really, that was speaking of her heart, of where she was at. But here we see the blessing was now flowing to this once bitter woman, Naomi. The, the reward of Ruth's devotion is seen in her redemption really from destitution. But also it flows into the life of those around her and particularly here, Naomi. And, and that's what happens really when we allow God to use us. When, we, when we're committed to God, when we're committed to the things that He's committed to, when we involve ourselves in the, in the things that God loves, and we have a deep devotion for our God, there's always going to be an outflow of that to those around us. I'm sure there's many of you here uh, this week as you've focused on missions, and you've seen the, 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 the presentations and gotten updates about what's happening all of the different places that, that, um, that you're supporting I'm sure some of you were, were greatly stirred to, to perhaps give more and perhaps be more involved, perhaps even sign up to go to some short-term missions trips. And you know, all of that flows out of just a greater devotion, a great and a deep commitment to God. Because when we're committed to God, the things that He cares for, we care for. The people that He cares for, are the people we care for. And, and, and faith promise and missions is really, 
it really is an outflow of our heart of devotion to the Lord and to His work. I think we know the great picture of Boaz. He was a kinsman redeemer. He was a picture of Christ. And aren't you glad for the Lord Jesus Christ, who in His grace, in His mercy, in His love, He, he, he brought us out of our helplessness to a place of security, to a place of hope, to a place where, where we feel belonging, to a place where we can uh, have fruit, to a place where we can uh, feel that we have great purpose again. And we know the great picture of Boaz, but you know, Ruth really is also a type. Ruth is a type or a picture of the church. And if you think about it, it's also in a way a redeemer. In a way, she's also a redeemer. This, this redemption here, this, this redeeming I'm speaking about, it's not of, of possession. It's not of, of being translated as we were in Christ. Really, this redemption I'm talking about is one of reversal. Because really, it was because of Ruth that Naomi's fortunes were reversed. And if you think about that, that's a picture of the church. You know, whilst Christ does the saving and while Christ does the redeeming, we have the opportunity, church, in our devotion, in our commitment to God, to make a difference in the lives of those who are around us. And really, that's the work of missions also. You know, we think about missions. A missionary isn't there to, to give a different message. No, they have the same message. Why? Because there's the same Savior, because there's only one Savior. And that's the message they go out to preach. They don't have better things. They, you know, they don't, a good missionary doesn't go and, and westernize another country. No, a good missionary has the same message that he found was, was life-changing, that he found, that, he found that, that gave him hope. No, it's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what they're going there for. But, but really, they're there to, to, to help those reverse perhaps their situation. And really, Ruth's friendship and Ruth's devotion to Naomi was the thing that made all the difference. And, and you know, we as a church, we can be an instrument that God uses to reverse someone's emptiness. You can be a channel, just like Ruth, that leads to someone's reversal. And, and again, what a privilege we have as God's people to be used of Him, to help others to know the true Redeemer. The Bible tells us in our day, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. And Ruth, despite her evil day, despite the fact that she was, she was in a desperate situation, and, and you know, we understand that we as, as people, we're needy too. We're broken. We're, we, have, we have mess in our lives. We have things that God needs to work on us about. And yet in all of that, as God fills us and as God enables us, by extension, we can bless others. By extension, God's desire for us is, is even in our own hardship. And really, hardship was a norm for her. In her dedication to, to God and dedication to those around her, she was able to be a blessing. She had no reason to stay. She had no reason to come along the journey, but she did anyway, and it brought forth blessing. It brought forth blessing in Naomi's life. And, and really, Ruth is a great picture of the church. She, she was a Gentile who married into God's family. 
She received grace and was, was then grafted into the family of God. And we see here also then what when we can do as a church. If we would remain devoted to Him, if we would stick to God, if we would just be committed to Him, then there's an outflow into the lives of those that are around us. And I want to note some, a couple of things here. Notice there that God gave some fruit, some seed, a seed. In verse 13, we see that, that Boaz took Ruth and, and he, she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. We see some fruit. And you know, when we, when we commit to God, we see fruit in our lives. And I was glad for the testimony tonight, and I don't know the full story, Brother Ralph, but, but it was a blessing to just sit there and listen, and really that's, that's fruit. As he's just been, as he's committed to God, as you all have worked and labored in the gospel and, and been committed to God, that's fruit. He's fruit. But, but fruit happens in our lives as we commit to God, as we're devoted to Him. In, in here, the, the, the marriage, this, this union resulted in, in a child and perhaps children and, and Ruth's devotion re- resulted in a fruitful union. And, you know, us here as, a, as believers, we have the opportunity to have a, a closeness and a union with Christ. In John chapter 15, it speaks about us abiding with Him. And therefore, we bring forth fruit and, in fact, even much fruit. And part of this deal of being devoted, of coming together with Christ, is that there's fruit that is born in our lives, spiritual fruit. And it's going to take devotion to see fruit. And we see later on that, that the neighbor's name, Obed, and it wouldn't be a funny thing if you asked your neighbors to name your child. All right, sometimes I feel like my parents ask their, their neighbors to name me, all right, so... I have a bit of a complex with my name. I always have to spell it, lest you call me Herman, all right? Like our distinguished missionary over there at one time. Brother Heberly, thank you for that. He prayed for me as Herman one day. It was in, in my own youth conference. Can you believe that? That's what friends are for, all right? But, but he was named Obed, but you know what his name meant? Servant. Worker, worshiper. And what it was, it was real fruit. You know, when we devote ourselves to God, then we have not just fruit, but we have lasting fruit. We're fruitful. And it's all to the glory of God. You know, you know why we ought to desire fruit? Because it gives God glory. You know why we ought to desire fruit in the lives of our family? Not, not so that our family looks great. No, because God gets glorified. Because it's, it's for his pleasure, it's for his glory. But then we see that this child, it brought about not only this, this fruitfulness in the life of Ruth, it brought about a sweetness to those around. Uh, we see this in verses 14 to 16. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel and and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life. They're referring to the child. They're referring to the fact that now she has a future. Now where, where there was death, now there's life. 
where, where there, was no, there was no hope for the future, now she had a very real future. She had a heritage again that she can look to, that she can add to. And, and so there's this sweetness that, that even those around Naomi were recognizing. And, and guess, guess what? It, it, it caused them to bless God. Notice there it says, blessed be the Lord. And, and, and church, listen, your devotion, your, 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 your commitment to God. It's, the, the Bible tells us that, that it, it helps us to, when we do good works, it glorifies God which is in heaven. It, it shows up as a light. It's evident to others. And there's this sweetness. Ruth was blessed, but by extension, she was a blessing. And, and this, this son born to Naomi was not... Uh, was that this child was an extended blessing of continuation, really, for Naomi. Uh, in, in verse 14, we see that the son was born to Ruth, really was attributed as a blessing to Naomi also. Her kinsmen had come through and restored her life. The, the women, remember earlier on, we said they, were, they barely recognized, they barely recognized Naomi. They had to ask her, is that you, Naomi? Is that you? And, and, and now... Now the women who barely recognize Naomi upon her return, they're not glorifying the Lord because of the joy. The joy they see in Naomi. That something had changed. In verse 15, the, the, the kinsman was the restorer and the nourisher. But notice with me in verse 15, this, these, this phrase, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. Notice that which loveth thee. So, so the kinsman was the, the, the seed was the, the, the restorer and the nourisher. But the one that loved, the Bible notes, the one that loved was Ruth. The one that loved was Ruth. And we must be the ones that love. You know, as a church, we must not just spare our love for the brethren. No, no, we must be abundant in our love not just for the brethren, but for those without. Those who are in desperate need. Those that, that perhaps aren't, that aren't lovable even. Those who, who perhaps we have no idea about except they're a picture on the screen once in a while. You know, who don't speak our language. Who, who don't share even our, our values that we grew up with. Who, who we can sometimes view as very, very different, very foreign very alien to us, and, and certainly strange at times. We must view them with, this, with that love. And so it was Ruth that loved. It's the church that ought to love. And in verse 16, really Naomi had the joy of caring for this child. And really there's a joy in generations being nurtured by the previous generation. And you know, one of the things I, I, I enjoy is youth ministry. I enjoy the fact that there's lots of children here tonight. Lots of young people. That's a good, that's a vitality in the church, isn't it? It's energy. It, it's life. And, and, and there's, a, there's a joy in that. And there's a, there's a responsibility even for generations to nurture other generations. And someone said this, that grandchildren are the dots that connect the lines from generation to generation. And, and what seemed like a lost heritage and a discontinued posterity really was now in, in Naomi's arms. But what, what, can we, what can the church do? Here's just quick, three quick things tonight. Firstly, we as a church, we can show love to those who are needy. And again, you think about the, 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 the timeline, the narrative, the story. 
at the very beginning, Naomi was trying to reject, was trying to reject Ruth's love. She was just trying to, re- and, and you know, isn't it the case that, that sometimes the more we love, the less we be loved? You know, we go out and we, we're trying to tell the gospel. We're, we're trying to give the gospel that is life-changing, that, that'll change a person's eternity. And how many times do we go out to a community who's just hard, a neighbor who's just mocking, and yet God still calls us to love them. God still calls us as a church to show them love. Again, for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, Ruth's devotion to Naomi and her commitment to the Lord made all the difference in Naomi's life. You know, we can, as a church, show the love of Christ to those who are needy. And I can tell you that because personally, that's my story. You know, I was, a sa- I was saved as a seven-year-old boy, but we moved to Australia, you know, from the Philippines for at, at that age. We didn't know anyone here. But recently, before we left for, for, uh, for Australia, my parents had gotten saved and I had gotten saved. And we just, all we knew was this, we need to look for a good Baptist church. And so we started looking. Uh, for a while, we attended different churches. We weren't sure. But then uh, after a while, the, we, we moved into a, an area in, the, in Western Sydney. And, and uh, uh, just, just as it was, God arranging it, two doors down where I went to public school, Blacktown West Public School. Can anything good come out of Blacktown? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm good. I'm still wondering too. So. But Blacktown West Public School, a Bible study had started. And there were a few young people there that just, bless them, took an interest in me. And they just became, I, I had no cousins here. I had no family. We were the only. And they just took me in. And they just got around me, and they just loved me. And, and later on, two years down the track, back then, Bethany Baptist Church was formed. And, and I, we were part of that charter family that was there. It's, it'll be 25 years next year. But little did they know, little Herney, <laughs> that's what they called me. Don't call me that, please. <laughs> little Herney. Number, uh, I, I, was, I was 12 years old, would be the pastor of that church one day. But you know, it took a church that brought me in and loved me. And I was pretty rough. I was the eldest. I had three sisters. That's why I was rough. <laughs> but, you know, they knew nothing about me. They, we didn't even really have common interests. But they loved me. And they just, they just got around me. They would pick me up to, and take me places with them. They would take me to preaching. They would just come around me. And, and even, even when I was being annoying, they had patience. And they just kept at it. And, and, and over the years, sadly, they dropped away. They left our church. They, they went elsewhere. And, and I, I still keep in touch. But, you know, it was their love. It was their doing that, that reversed my emptiness. I had family then. 
And Ruth is a type of the church called out from the world, grafted into the family of God. And, and church, I just want to say we must be like Ruth. We must have a depth of love for those whom God has called us to come alongside. We need to be a friend uh, for, to those who are lost, to seek, uh, to, to rescue them from their destitution. We must seek to be the bridge that brings them to the Redeemer who can rescue them out of their state of darkness and woe. And so what can we do, church? We can do like Ruth and love. Secondly, we can fill those things missing in another person's life. See, sometimes the greatest gift we can give someone is just sticking by them through thick and thin. And, and you know, I, I think about this church. And over the years, as I've, I've had close, closeness with you all, um, I've, I've noted your heart to just stick by people. Uh, you, you've, we've seen tragedies in this church. And church, let me just say from an observer outside, I've observed your love and I've observed you sticking by people through their tragedies. Continue to do that. Ruth did that. Uh, for thy daughter-in-law, notice this, which is better to thee than seven sons. You know, if we think about that, culturally, that was the perfect family. <laughs> now, some of you mothers are looking at me, seven sons? I wouldn't have my sanity. <laughs> my wife will concur, all right? And, and we've got two sons. But, but culturally, this was the perfect family. You, you understand that, that this was the, the family every a Jewish woman would have dreamed of. To have seven sons means their, their future was definitely secure. They, they, could be, uh, they, could, uh, they, they had the strength of the family, and, and, and they were able then to... And, and so notice what the, the Bible says, though. Better to thee than seven sons. You know, as a church, we can give them a family. And, and, and again, God's concern is for the widows and the fatherless. And we can give them a family. You know, I'm glad for earthly family. I'm glad for them. I'll, I'll never change that. I'm glad for my sisters. I'm glad for... Even my brothers-in-laws, all right? I'm glad for, for my nieces and nephews and all of them. I'm glad for, for my in-laws and my wife's side of the family and all of that. I'm glad for that. But, you know, I just, I'm glad for them. But like any other family, we're not perfect. And I'm not saying that, that, that there is a perfect family out there. But you know what's better? He says, I've given you better. I've given you the church family. And I'll just tell you this. Um, I'm glad, again, for my earthly family, but I'm so glad for my church family. I'm so glad that when I go, even during origin time into Queensland, <laughs> I can find family. I'm so glad that if I, if I travel in different places around the world, and I know there's, there's Christians there, that we have Christ. And we're family. And he, he, they said to Naomi, you know, your daughter-in-law, picture of the church, she's better to thee than even the perfect family. And, and as a church, we can give them a family. You know, I think about our, our, our church. 
And I know, I know several of our, our young adults, several of our, uh, of our, uh, of our uh, ladies who are widows, several of our young adults whose, whose family are they're, they're shattered by, by, this, uh, by, by the sin of this world, and they got no one. And they sit there, they watch my family, and they watch and, and they yearn for that. And I always remind them, no, no, we are family. And, and they come along, and, and maybe their mom and dad don't come to church, and they have to drive alone. I think of a particular guy, and if you ever come to our church, he'll always stick out like a sore thumb, all right? He's, he's Romanian, and the majority of our church is Filipino and around that area, okay? And so he sticks out, and I know he struggles at times. He's driving to church, and he's all alone, but he comes to church and he's got family. And I'm just saying, church, we can, we can give those who are missing things, missing a family, a family. We can give those who are struggling, those who, who have, a, uh, have no hope, some hope, if we would just get around. And, and, and listen, a church is thankworthy if we can fill the void that is left and, and the void of family at times. And, and Ruth she stuck by Naomi in her bitterness, in her rejection, in her destitution. And Ruth, Ruth was better than what society could have ever wished for Naomi. And if you have a fa- and family and friends like that, thank God for them, you're blessed. But if you don't, can I just say God's grace for you is your local church. God's grace for you is this church. And be that kind of church. You know, I tell our folks, don't be, don't be so, uh, so, um, uh, so focused on your own family that you, you forget about those that are just alone and needy and desperate. And, and they're, just, they're just looking for love and care. So that some of those basic human tenets that, that, that everyone expects but don't always have. And maybe there's some who, who have lost their dad or don't have a dad that's, that's active in their life. And some of you men could rally around that one and fill a void. And there's some of you who've lost uh, other loved ones or, 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 or you're still waiting to, to see them saved. And, and sometimes you look at groups in your church who have family here and family there and they're always spending time. Listen, let's look beyond ourselves just like Ruth did, and just stick by someone and make a difference. Maybe invite a new person to your home. Maybe get to know them. Maybe get to know their hurts. Maybe get to know their journey. Maybe get to know just those things that they yearn for. And if you can, if you're able, and God enabling you, maybe make a difference somehow, some way, and just see if you can be used of God. To make a difference in that one person's life. You know why I can say that? Because others did it to me. And, and, and my parents came along, but you know, I, I had no one. I was a pretty introverted person. But these ones came along and they just filled a void that was missing. And, and we, she was a, a type of Christ. She loved perfectly. She stuck closer than a brother. She, she made a family for Naomi when she had none left. She was a type of the prophesied redeemer who reconciled orphans of sin into the family of the heavenly father. 
And then lastly and really quickly, we can give purpose. We can give purpose by being a right influence. You see, the, the reason why Naomi could rejoice and why she had a future was she was, just, she was around Ruth. And what was impossible once was merely something she was now carrying in her arms. But you know what? Naomi couldn't have gotten there without being around the right people. And I read that verse in James 1.27 because the last part says this, unspotted from the world. And church, church, we have to minister in the world, but we're not the world. We don't, need, we don't need the world's influence in here. We need God. We need His Spirit. We need His Word. We need Him to be preeminent. We need to live holy. We need to make a difference and be different. And church, that's how we're going to change the world. That's the kind of missions we need. That's the kind of message we, we ought to live by. And Naomi couldn't have gotten there without being around the right people. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 13, 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. In Psalm 1, 1, we note that the blessed man, he had to choose the right company. And Naomi was only bettered because she was around Ruth. And listen, are those that are coming in, are they bettered by your testimony of God? By your testimony of a changed life. Uh, Jack Hiles said this, you're not going to be what you decide to be. You're going to be who you decide to be around. And, and, and Naomi was around. Thankfully for her. And there's some of you, that's your story. Thankfully you were around some good Christians who believed the word of God. Who just, who just believed in the promises of God believed in the gospel message and the power of it to change lives. And now you're better for it. And now when there was no hope, you do have hope. One, once where you had no future, you do have a future. But it started with one who was devoted, one who was committed, and one who just made a difference. And church, that can be us. And as we think about missions... We have a wonderful message. It's a message of hope. It's a message of restoration. It's a message of salvation. And may we be like Ruth. May we be like that. And may we be that church. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, dear God, for the opportunity tonight. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I know that, Lord, in my own life, there's times where, where I just... Take it for granted that I belong to a, a church family. But really, Lord, we're just the, 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 the sum of all the parts. So help us, dear God. And, and we think about missions. We think about the, the need uh, to, to spread the gospel in all parts of the world. Lord, it needs to be sounded out from somewhere. And may it start here. And may we be uh, the kind of church that you would have us to be. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name.